I'm sure most of you are aware of the media publicity around the court case that happened during the week where um, a police officer, a female police officer, shot dead a gentleman in his own apartment. Um, my understanding of the story, according to the media, was that she came home from a day's work and uh, missed she didn't know, she was confused about where her, her apartment was and, and believed she was entering into her own apartment. The gentleman had left his door open and uh, she went in there. So when he heard the noise, he got up to, to figure out what was going on and the police officer believed that there was an intruder in her house and then she shot him. So it was a court case that made uh, international news. Not so much because it was uh, a murder case, but what happened subsequently at the trial, where the deceased brother spoke to the police officer and say, I forgive you. And it was that simple few words, as well as an embrace, that made uh, headlines practically in every media outlet throughout the world. It, it is amazing how relevant what happened then is to our first reading and our gospel. Our gospel that was written uh, 2,000 years ago and our first reading that was written 3,000 years ago. And how what is happening there is very much reflected in what happened in that courtroom as well. When something bad happens to somebody like this, this gentleman's family when he was shot, it can be as if they are invaded with chaos, with anger, with disaster, with hurt, and with pain. It is, you could say, as if something alien has invaded their bodies. And this is what the prophet Habakkuk is alluding to in the first reading. The people of Israel were set free from slavery through the act of Exodus. And God gave them what they call the promised land. And he had this agreement with them. You will be my people, I will be your God. You will live in such a way with respect and dignity and particular the word Habakkuk used justice, right relationship with each other, so that when people see you, they will know who I am, who God is. And that was the arrangement that God made with them and blessed them in that way. Sadly, they turned away from God and because of the division and destruction that had taken place in their society, the Babylonians were able to conquer them and take them into slavery. So when the Babylonian Empire went into decline, they were able to come back under King Sirius, the head of the Assyrian Empire. And they had made a vow to God that they would go back to the way they were. And Habakkuk is writing this 12 years later and they have reverted to the old way again. And there is chaos. 
There is anger. There is resentment. There is oppression. There is strife, accusation, division. And Habakkuk is making a prayer like any human being would make that prayer. A parent sitting at the bedside of their sick child, praying, praying, praying out of desperation because of the strife that has come into their lives. Anybody who has been wounded in some way because of life experience, praying, praying, praying because they have been invaded by this terrible virus or this terrible um, strife and stress in their lives. It's just across the board that just life can visit upon us these terrible things. And Habakkuk is saying, the more I pray, even for serenity, the more chaos there is. The more I pray for peace, the more, the more it is as if God is dead and is not listening to his voice. And his whole prayer comes to the conclusion and that God is saying to him that what that young man in that, in that court case where he spoke to that woman, that police officer who killed his brother, was one words of forgiveness. And he said, ask the judge, can I heal you or can I hug you? And he did. So what was the message that was there? And it's a very powerful message, it's a very difficult message, was that instead of letting resentment and revenge determine his life, he was choosing to allow compassion and forgiveness to determine his life. And this is exactly the story that is taken up in the Gospel. In a few passages before the present Gospel, Jesus is saying to his disciples, beware that you don't cause one of my little ones to, to fail. He says, it would be better if you had a millstone thrown around your neck, tied around your neck, and that you were thrown into the sea than to cause one of my little ones to fail, to stumble. And then he moves on and he says, the number of times you forgive is unlimited. There is no limit. There should be no limit to your forgiveness. There should be no situation or amount of times that you cannot forgive. And the disciples are saying to Jesus, are you serious? This is really a tough expectation you have of us. This is really difficult. Give us more faith so that we can live up to what you expect of us. And what Jesus is pointing out to them, he says that faith, he says, it's not that you have read volumes of theology or spirituality. It's not that you can read the Bible in Greek or in Hebrew. It's not that you know all the teachings of St. Thomas of Aquinas or that you know all the great knowledge of the doctors of the church. What Jesus is saying is, faith is not something you do on your own. It's not an individual thing. Faith is a relationship. And it is a real relationship that you have with Christ. And even a minuscule about, amount of that relationship is enough 
to uproot a mulberry tree, to uproot a tree that has very deep roots in the ground and to take that and throw it into the sea. Jesus is saying that the faith you have, even if it is very minuscule, the relationship with Christ that you have, when you draw upon it, is enough to move you from a life of resentment and revenge to a life of compassion and forgiveness. The huge mistake we make is that if we believe, we can do it on our own. And that is what is invite, Jesus is inviting his disciples into, to deepen their relationship with him, to deepen their relationship with him, with, with that whole beautiful aspect of, of his compassion and his forgiveness. There is a beautiful saying, in conclusion, there's a beautiful saying by Dorothy Day, who is uh, on the way to being a saint. And we all know that she was a very wonderful person. She did so much for the poor. She did so much for the workers at the time who were oppressed. She started a newspaper. She started soup kitchens. She did so many good things. And Cardinal O'Connor, when he was beginning the process for her to be made a saint, he quoted her when she said this. People would come and visit her and they would talk to her about how great she was, how wonderful she was, all the great work that she had done. And she says, you only say that I am a saint to convince yourself that you are different from me that you are not able to do the things that I do. I am not different from you. You could do, excuse me, you could do what I do. That last line sums up what Jesus is saying to each one of us in the gospel of today. We don't need to live a life of resentment and revenge. We are invited to live a life of justice, compassion, of healing, forgiveness. And what Jesus is saying, this is the type of life that he lived. And in today's gospel, he's saying, you could do what I do as well.